Welcome to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I'll be your tale teller, JC. This tale is called You Made Me. And dear listener, if you want me to tell your tale, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Why am I like this, you ask? I don't know. It could be the fact I lost all hope for mortals. It could be the facade that you all put up to maintain your own social standings. It could be the lies that you tell yourselves to better sleep at night. It could be the false smiles on your faces that finally caused me to snap. And now you hold me prisoner when I did nothing wrong. Oh, so I didn't call anyone to help that town. So I stood there and watched it all burn to a crisp. Nice, crisp pieces of meat. You expect me to feel empathy for them? Them, the ones who shunned me all because I was different. Them, the peons that threw me to the cruel hands of Papa Planet. The weaklings chose not to give a starving devil one measly piece of bread while they gorged themselves on pork, wine, and greed. And you expect me to feel for them? To help them? Why? Because we're living? They didn't think of that when I was begging. When I was nothing but bones covered by a thin layer of skin. They didn't think of that when all was right. And you have the gall to hold me under suspicion for something I didn't do? Brave of you. Oh, sorry. Wrong word. I mean, how hypocritical. I did nothing. Yes. Wait, that's a lie. I laughed when I heard their screams. A symphony of so many instruments that would make the best bard jealous. I danced when I saw the living torches running around not knowing what to do. I gave my life to the goddess of justice herself. What could be a better example of divine retribution than that? While you hold me here wasting time, the true culprit is probably already planning their next victim. My hero, a legend in my eyes. They say never meet your heroes, but I want to learn from such a savant of righteousness. I see the look in your eyes filled with disgust, with anger. Is that really towards me? Listen, you. Yeah, all of you. And listen closely. You wouldn't have done any different. What, you would run headfirst into a burning town? To what? Throw a bucket of water at someone whose skin was already crispy? Who, if you saved them, would have sunk into a deep depression, unable to ever look at their ugly complexion ever again? Who would probably spread more hate as they learn the true horrors of mortals. How we despise those that look different, especially ugly things. Cause at that point, that is all they would be, a thing. All but a tiny glimpse into my world. Please, I did them all a service. Don't scoff at me. How many people in need have you all walked past in your lives? Those begging for help like I have. How many? I bet you think you will leave it for someone else, another person's problem. I know you see similar souls on your paths to work, each and every day, asking nothing but scraps, and I bet you just walk right past them, and after a while, they just become invisible, just a part of the background. No longer a living being, but part of a scenery that you abuse. Why are you looking away? Did I hit a nerve, oh, such noble guards? Are you thinking of them right now? 
Have your brain started making excuses yet? I'm busy. Don't got the extra gold. Or more important things. Please. A copper piece would do so much. But that's too much for you all, isn't it? You all look so sad now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you created more like me. With each passing day, another loses hope for us all. Then what's left? Not hate. I tell you, I did not watch them out of hate. But satisfaction. The ones that saw me enjoying myself knew that if things were different, if anything they did was kind, I would have helped. It was so delicious. I love justice. This realm is unfair. Most of you foul creatures never receive what you have coming to you. But when it happens, I will be there. Someone needs to savor her power. She must know that someone is watching her do right. To answer your question again, I did not start that fire. I just did nothing to stop it. What could I do? The closest city, you bitches, are a week's walk away. Additionally, I had nothing to my name. Now, that town is waiting to be brought back anew, refreshed, better than it has ever been. I urge you, post-trial, to let me go or face consequences. It's not a threat. It's a promise that I know I will be something greater, and I never forget those who've wronged me. You have wronged me. But I'm feeling a bit forgiving as of this moment. When will that end? Who knows? but you have the chance to save your future, to save the ones you care for. Again, not a threat. I don't harm without reason. But we do know what has happened to those who hurt me in the past. The people from the town of Blood Cove were only a stepping stone. They aren't why I'm like this, at least not the entirety of the town. Oh, I see curiosity in your eyes. Let me regale you with my origin story. I'm not going to start with my childhood. That tragic part of my life is boring. The only part worth knowing was Ritz. I don't know if I would call her a friend exactly, more of a companion. She was a bodacious boar, curious, free, and more honest than anything I've had the displeasure of meeting. She would always find me whenever the Bledkovians chastised me. Before her, I would spend an ungodly amount of time all alone in the near forests. But she brought me a sense of comfort. Together, we would run in the moonlight howling at the night sky. We would hunt for small critters and enjoy the fruits of our labor by a fire. It was heaven. I would say the time we spent together brought me joy, an emotion I haven't felt in a long time. I've tried to feel it again. That blind chase has led me down a lot of unquestionable paths. Paths that put my life at risk. But stories I've gained from them are unforgettable. Stories for another time. Enough about that and Ritz. In the end, Ritz was the only part of my youth that made it worth living. Now, to the good parts. Unbeknownst to anyone who didn't frequent Blood Cove, they were a town of filthy, debaucherous denizens. I would care to assume... Most of you would find them immoral, but that's a matter of perspective. Now, the event that led to my awakening was the Festival of the Scarlet Moon of Slumber. It's a festival they celebrate a few times a year. 
the Scarlet Festivals where they truly let loose and embraced all their primal desires. A day of excessive drinking, unrestrained use of stimulants, and of course, bodies. Beautiful bodies everywhere. A day of unlimited ecstasy. Once I was of age to join, I journeyed to the sacred lands of the Scarlet Stain Memorial to satisfy my own desires. There were intoxicating individuals from all walks of life. Elves, humans, dryads, satyrs, norms, dwarves, and so many more. I was feeling a bit devilish too, you could say, and yearned to participate in the festivities. I brought wine, ale, fairy dust, goblin grovel, silver powder, the works. Everything that anyone could need for an unforgettable night. When I stumbled past the brush into the clearing of the sacred site, it was all that I had imagined. I approached them cautiously with my offering before me. Someone noticed me, then pointed me out to the rest of them. Instead of the open embrace of euphoria I was expecting, I was met with a stone to the face. Then another. And another. I dropped my gifts and backed away. It wasn't soon until I heard their blood-curling screams approach me. Do you know what it's like to be chased by a flock of naked beings? A crowd driven by hate and lust is like none other. Their passion intensified, animalistic, monstrous even. I turned and ran. I didn't want to know what they would do to me if I let them catch me. All of them were no longer driven by reason, but pure emotion. It's a fear that can only be experienced, not described. I wouldn't even wish that on my enemies. There was still a bit of excitement, though, I must admit. Primarily, though, despair, coddled by the feeling of rejection. I ran with all my strength. I had to push myself when I couldn't run anymore. They, on the other hand, kept at a steady pace, often distracted by one another, but they kept coming. I managed to hide under a makeshift hole on the side of a hill. To this day, I'm wondering how she found me, but Ritz appeared at the entrance of the hole. I can't speak to animals like some of those tree huggers, but I could tell that she was trying to tell me something. After I was over the shock of her being there, I heard the screams of the people slowly approach my hole. I thought I had given them a pretty solid runaround, but I guess I was wrong. I contemplated sitting there and hoping they would pass me, but Ritz came into the hole and urged me to move with her nose. She was pretty insistent, and I'm pretty stubborn, so it took a few valuable minutes for me to actually listen to her. I popped my head outside the hole and spotted the horde. They were uncomfortably close. Luckily, they were not looking in our direction. I tried to pick up Ritz, but she squirmed out of my grip. In the moment, I completely forgot she didn't like to be handled. After another tussle, we snuck out of the hole. We burst into a sprint, running in the opposite direction of the townspeople. We only got a few paces before we heard one of them yell about spotting us. I could feel a shift in their focus. The sound was that of an army running towards battle, fearless and full of conviction. It was terrifying. I've never felt so little before. Ritz and I kept running. We ran through branches, jumped over creeks. We did all we could. I didn't look behind. There was no point. I had to focus on escaping. I fell into a trance-like state. My mind was clear and my body was acting alone. It was the squeal that brought me to a complete stop. I looked to my side. Ritz was no longer there. I looked behind me. The group was no more than 30 meters. They stopped as well. Fighting for her life was Ritz, who was being held by a few of them. I took a step forward. 
but faster than what should be normal, the horde surrounded her. It didn't even take a second for me to lose sight of her. I took another step. The horde was piling on top of each other trying to get at her. All I could do was hear her screams. They were quickly getting weaker. The horde growled like a pack of ravenous hyenas. I saw a few that were pushed out of the center with red stained faces. One of them looked directly at me, holding Ritz's foreleg. From how it looked, it was ripped from her joint. He took a bite out of her raw flesh before he was jumped by another trying to take the piece away. Her squeals soon died out. They didn't stop. There was blood, hair, and flesh everywhere. A majority of them were covered in Ritz. They looked exhilarated. I turned and ran. I no longer heard them chasing me. A few hours after I was certain I wasn't being followed, I found my way to Litter Glitter Falls and wept. I cried for days. The tears didn't stop coming, but when the last one evaporated, I made a decision to stop wasting time. Ritz sacrificed herself for me. I was too unhealthy and hungry to be faster than a wild boar. I was wasting her sacrifice by doing nothing. Crying was a waste of time. That day, at Little Glitter Falls, I made the decision to never cry again. My pathetic needs and emotions led to her death, so I erased them. Why be emotional when it holds you back? Why cry when it solves nothing? I was born that day, reborn without weakness. Since then, I've, well, let's say, had a little fun with the town. I trained myself in the act of sabotage and stealth. I would sneak into someone's house, steal something, and place it in someone else's. Of course, enough clues would be left to track it back to the unknowing thief. Did that a handful of times. One led to a fight that left four dead in a bar. It was beautiful. Speaking of businesses, a bunch of those around town shut down in mysterious ways. Different from one another. Don't want to reveal all my secrets. I think my favorite game was when I hijacked the supply shipment from here to Blood Cove. After the third consecutive raid, I left an elaborate note from the High Priest of Foppa Planet claiming the supplies were stopped due to the sins of the chief. I didn't specify any sins, really. I watched from afar as they pulled him and his family to the town center with ropes around their necks, where they hung them one by one, while praying and asking for forgiveness. Honestly, I didn't think it would be that easy. Then one day, boom, the town was on fire, and everyone in it was burning alive. So, I think I answered your questions. Regardless of what you think, I know I'm going to have to fight for my life in the amphitheater. If we can get that over with, I'd be most grateful. All I need is a dagger and time, and any foe will befall the same fate as Blood Cove. I see doubt in some of your faces. Whether it be by my tail or my abilities, I care not. There's no evidence left there anyways, and I've grown tired of your sour looks. Tell the mayor, I'm ready for my trial by combat. Hey. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to submit your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. And if you could, please share this with all your friends and family across the multiplanes. Again, thanks for listening, and you'll hear me again in a fortnight. <laughs>